All right, sports fans, how's everybody out there doing? William Martin coming at you one more time with another edition of the 300 Pounds of Sports Knowledge Podcast. This podcast on 300poundsofsportsknowledge.com is brought to you by our good friends at MKR Workshop. As nothing says spicing up your kitchen like getting a new kitchen table. Or what if you need to upgrade your workspace in order to get more projects done? Well, then the folks at MKR Workshop have all of the solutions for you. As MKR Workshop specializes in building and designing custom-made furniture for all of your home and office needs. Now, you can contact the folks at MKR Workshop anytime via email at mkrworkshop.com. Now, all signs point to the University of Connecticut returning to the Big East Conference in what will be a huge move for the university and its floundering men's basketball program. Now, UConn was a charter member of the original Big East back in 1979, and after initially struggling in men's basketball versus conference powerhouses at the time, such as Georgetown, Syracuse, and St. John's, the Huskies would become a national power in the 1990s. From that point on, UConn made four Final Fours as members of the Big East while claiming three national championships. Now, Connecticut was forced to leave the Big East in 2013 in favor of the American Athletic Conference following the messy divorce between the football and non-football members of the Big East. In UConn's first year in the AAC, they would win the national title, but they have struggled since. Now, UConn is coming off of three consecutive losing seasons, First time since the mid to late 1980s that that has happened. The Huskies have also lost their touch recruiting in men's basketball, and it shows uh, and what the product that they've been putting out on the court in recent years. Now, going forward for Connecticut, this is big because being that they're back in the Big East, they can once again recruit New York City. And New York City was a gold mine to not only Connecticut, but other teams in the Big East at the time as far as getting some of the best you know, prospects in that region. And of course, we saw that with Connecticut as they got the likes of Ben Gordon and Kimber Walker, and both guys helped Connecticut win a national championship during their respective tenures at the school. Connecticut now also has the opportunity on the hardwood to renew rivalries with schools such as Georgetown, Villanova, St. John's, and Providence, as these schools were some of the original members of the Big East. Now, of course, this is great for UConn going forward in men's basketball, but what is the next step for their football program? The option to stay in the American Athletic Conference is not going to be there because the AAC has their exclusive rights deal and they're not going to do it with a team that is competing in another D1 conference in the fashion that Connecticut is and just allow them to be a football only member. I know that the AAC has allowed Navy to be a football only member, but that was part of their agreement due to the fact that the AAC was desperate to get a 12th school on board football-wise, so they could have a conference championship game. Will Connecticut be a D1 independent or drop back to D2 or drop football altogether? We'll have to wait and see because last year alone, UConn Athletics lost $41 million. 
And Division One football is only liable or a viable move rather when you're winning consistency consistently because that is what generates money. So, of course, the Blue Bloods of the sport, the Ohio States, the Oklahomas, the Alabamas, the Michigans, the Texases, those guys are always going to be there because they rake in easily 60 to $75 million per year. But on the flip side of those, of, of that equation, you look at the smaller uh, programs, Division One-wise in football, they're, they're struggling to stay ahead. And like I said before, when we saw this realignment shuffle happen several years back, all it was going to do was separate the gap between the haves and the have-nots even more. We've seen several teams drop Division I football altogether, and I think we're going to see more schools do that going forward. Now, UConn could try to hang around as an independent football-wise on the Division I level. We'll just have to see what happens. But realignment, and I said it, was, I said it when it happened, it wasn't going to work for a lot of those schools of the original Big East Conference because they were chasing the almighty dollar. We've seen Rutgers struggle in the Big Ten. We've seen Boston College struggle in the Atlantic Coast Conference. And the same can be said for Pittsburgh there. We've seen West Virginia uh, not have the success in the Big 12. And we've seen Miami struggle in the ACC as well. All of these schools chased the money. And they forgot about the success that they were having on the athletic field. Now, you have to ask yourself, what is next for the American Athletic Conference uh, they're going to need another football member. So possibly could they purge Buffalo from the Mid-American Conference to keep that uh, region in that market? We'll have to wait and see. Um, but the AAC definitely is going to need to find themselves a football partner in order to maintain their conference championship game. They're not going to get, I mean, they could try to uh, push the envelope like the Big 12 did, who currently has 10 schools. Uh, but I doubt it is going to happen if the AAC has 11 members, especially since they're not a bigger conference. This move in no way, shape or form is going to hurt Connecticut athletics. You look at it, UConn is not going to lose the amount of money that they had uh, uh, this past year due to the fact that their floundering basketball team is really going to get back to the basics. And I think that is a good look for them. I mean, the original Big East Conference uh, centered around basketball. Football did not come into the equation until 1991. And you look at it, and again, not to harp on it too much, but you look at the success that UConn had on the hardwood, and it's hard to really you know, overstate that, but they were a dominant program. And I think this is definitely going to help them. You look at the likes of the players that have come through uh, that program, over the last 20 to 25 years, the likes of Richard Hamilton, Danielle Marshall, Ray Allen, uh, Kimba Walker, Rudy Gay, uh, Karan Butler, all of these guys have gone on to have successful uh, tenures in the NBA. And, you know, the Big East, they left the door open as far as potentially adding more teams when uh, the new Big East started in 2013. And they've done it right now. I mean, let's let's not be realistic. Uh, let's not dance around the subject on this. Rather, it came down to money and the non-football schools of the Big East Conference felt disrespected and they were disrespected 
for a very long time. And their beef was not with Connecticut. Their beef was not with Cincinnati. The problem was initially Boston College, you know, the powers to be there, you know, they, they they did a shady deal to get out of the Big East and go to the ACC in uh, 2004. And the same can be said about Pitt and Syracuse leaving in or agreeing to leave in 2011 to go to the ACC. And the same can be said about West Virginia leaving to go to the Big 12. So at that point, the powers that be of the non-football schools really wanted nothing to do with football. However, Connecticut was a program that was left in limbo. The ACC did not want them because they already had the New England market due to Boston College. So they were kind of stuck in the AAC. It couldn't do anything for them recruiting-wise, basketball-wise, because now the conference is so spread out. You have programs in Tulsa, uh, Tulane, uh, South Florida, Central Florida, and UConn really got lost in the shuffle. And I think this gives them a golden opportunity to go back to the basics, focus on the New England area, focus on the New York area, focus on the Washington, D.C. area, and get those kids. And I'm not surprised fully by this move. I think it's great. And I wouldn't be surprised to see the Big East reach out to another program. I know that Massachusetts has been down on their luck in recent years. But I would not be surprised to see the Big East make that move and say, you know what, let's get that Boston market like we did before when we had Boston College. You've got UConn back. You still have Providence, so you have that New England market. And Providence doesn't have a problem sharing that market with UConn. But bringing Boston, pardon me, UMass back, or put it, putting them into the, into the fray, rather, I think would be a big move for the Big East Conference. And I think it could allow the Massachusetts basketball program to get off the canvas because it's been down and out for some time itself. But I think this is a huge move going forward for Connecticut. I think this is a tremendous move for the Big East Conference. And I think it's going to add and bring back some of that pizzazz that we've seen in years past at Madison Square Garden during the Big East Tournament. The only program that really was able to keep it afloat in this new Big East was Villanova. And I think them consistently being in the top 10 and competing and winning national championships helped. But when the Big East was in its heyday, we saw the likes of Connecticut bring plenty of people to the Garden. We saw the likes of Syracuse bring plenty of people to the Garden. And of course, you know, the Georgetowns and the Villanovas of the mix. Obviously, Syracuse coming back to the Big East, that's a pipe dream because it's not happening. But you do get something back uh, with Connecticut and it gives them an opportunity as well as the Big East Conference to resurrect something that was there before. And I think this is a win-win for everybody involved and for the American Athletic Conference They've got to find a way to stay somewhat viable, especially on the football gridiron. I mean, UConn really wasn't doing anything for them. So hopefully they can find another program that's going to keep them viable and keep them respectable on the Division One level as well. So, folks, that is going to wrap it up. And as always, I want to take this time out to thank you for tuning in to the 300 Pounds of Sports Knowledge Podcast. Now, this podcast on 300 Pounds of Sports is brought to you by our good friends at D Line Tax and Books. 
And although that the tax deadline has come and gone, you can still contact the folks at D-Line Tax and Books for all of your tax needs. Now, you can contact the folks at D-Line Tax and Books anytime at 908-219-7215, or you can visit them on the web at dlinetaxbooks.com. Now, if you are on Twitter, please feel free to follow me at 300 Pounds of Sports. And like I always say, if you follow me, it will be my pleasure to follow you right back. There is also the Sports Discussion Group on Facebook at the Sports Depot 365. You can check it out. Drop a line and be a part of one of the better sports debating sites going on social media. So once again, fine folks, my name is William Martin. Take care and have yourselves a wonderful day.